If you have a magic wand, what would you do? Now that is not a common ask. But if this got you thinking, and if this got you on the road of exploring your options, then that positions us well to navigate the unnatural yet beneficial path of coaching in the new disruptive normal. Join in to challenge your thoughts and take away a coaching roleplay exercise for you and your networks. The Winning Side, a series of dialogues about winning themes such as diversity and inclusion, creating a social impact and leading change. Subscribe now to stay in the know. Hello and welcome to The Winning Side Season 2. This is your host, Sarah Hassan, reporting with a minor Zumba injury, but on the road to recovery. Investing in our physical health is something we have more or less transitioned to accept. But when it comes to flexing our mental muscle, there still exists a gap. Our focus is more on de-stressing and finding mental calm. But what really is the need of time is to flex our muscle for managing in this disruptive new normal. Our dialogue today shares about one such approach and is titled Coaching as a Leader. Millennials and Gen Z, for good or for bad, have to juggle with the sporadic global disruptions. From almost a splurge of a war in Afghanistan in early 2000, to the financial crisis in 2007, to the 2020 pandemic, which we're still on the road to recovery for, and now we have the economic downturn scenario with the Chinese real estate debt dilemma looming over our heads and not to forget the climate change. Amidst all that, it is key to learn a new way to manage disruptions. We need a transformational leadership that transitions from the traditional manager who knows it all to an ask and less or rather inclusive coaching approach. As simple as coaching sounds, it's just the opposite of that. I speak that from a personal experience. And research supports that too. Coaching is hard, and it gets harder because of its unnatural premise. To share more about that and why coaching is a good fit to the new disruptive normal, we have on board an expert, a leadership coach, Tasneem Ali. Tasneem is the founder of Fervent Living and has kindly joined us today. She is an authentic leadership coach and helps ambitious introverts grow their careers by creating an authentic leadership presence. Our dialogue today with this name is all about her personal journey, about establishing the business case for coaching, highlighting coaching 101s, and exploring her winning mantra. Welcome on board, this name. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm, as I said, I have uh, hugely focused on my physical fitness and now all set to learn more about uh, mental fitness with you. Brilliant. With this name, I will take this dialogue as an opportunity for us to learn more about what is coaching and uh, how to use coaching in our uh, day-to-day lives as uh, more on a professional level, but also on a personal level. So we'd love to know more about what's your personal journey and your transition. I know you transitioned from a corporate world to to a leadership coach. So share more about your world and how did it all happen, please? 
I've been in the corporate world for roughly about 16 years or so. And uh, just like many, many other people out there, you know, just going sort of climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak. But while doing that, I was always very, very passionate about leadership and learning more and more about the impact that it has on lives, what are the different leaders out there and constantly learning from them. So that's a bit about, I guess, you know, why leadership inspired me or the other bit was a few years ago, I was part of a leadership program. And as part of that, we were assigned a professional coach. And that conversation was truly life-changing for me, such that three sessions in, I knew that if I ever pivot in my career, this is what I'm going to do. Fast forward a few years from then, when I moved countries to the UK, I'd been thinking about, you know, becoming a coach for a very long time. And I decided that, you know what, new place, new country, lots of changes coming through. Why not add this to my skill set? So I trained as a professional coach established my own company. It's been a remarkable journey of personal and professional growth, knowing that leadership is a personal passion area of mine. It's it's a journey that you keep growing on. It's never boring because there's always something new coming up. And it just made sense for me and my professional, my corporate experience to focus on leadership and coaching together. Well, congratulations on the move and on the on changing your career because that's a whole new world now. It's amazing that you shared that sometimes it takes you like a split of a second or just a few sessions to realize that, hey, this is my passion. And that's like a really nice moment because many people don't even get that moment. So I'm so happy for you and you found something that you're passionate about. And what's more amazing about it, it, it is so relevant in today's era. And as we talk about that, I will transition towards how to make a business case really for coaching as a leader. And I say coaching as a leader as uh, in our earlier earlier conversations, you rightly pointed out that you're not just an executive coach, you're a leadership coach, which is more inclusive, which is amazing. So we're talking coaching for a while now. Let's just get down to the basics. What is coaching and how is it different from managing, mentoring, counseling and all that? Brilliant question. Uh, And I love answering what is coaching. So (laughs) coaching is basically dialogue between two people. That's what coaching is. Now, um, how does this dialogue differ from other forms of dialogues? Like that's the interesting bit. So the fundamental theory behind coaching is that, that it focuses on moving forward. That is our aim. So imagine if there's a straight line and there is a middle point and that middle point is your present today. Then coaching focuses on how can you move forward, what is coming in your way, bringing more awareness and more clarity around that, removing those blocks and accelerating a person's growth and purpose and whatever is it that they're looking for. Now, that doesn't mean that coaching doesn't dip into the past, but it doesn't go in the past to delve into it or try to heal or fix the past, but it's all about understanding that where are the blocks coming from? What is the root, right? And once you get to the root, you can understand it. You can uh, make your client aware. And once they're aware, now you have a choice. What do you do with that? And with choice comes empowerment. And that's how you move forward. Your question around how does it differ from counseling and mentoring? So mentoring, usually when you um, go for mentoring, you usually go to somebody who's more experienced in the area that you're looking uh, for more guidance on. Say, for example, if you're looking for a specific career growth, then you would look for somebody who's walked that past before you so you can learn from them and they can support you as well through guiding you, 
opening doors for you, so and so forth. So that's, uh, and, and a mentor's role can also include telling you what to do based on experience. They know that works best. Now on that point, how does it contrast to coaching? A coach never tells you what to do. And the reason is- I like the sound of it. We meet on equal grounds. Nobody knows more than each other. The coach is here as a supportive, curious person who allows you to be more expansive. And as a coach, we fundamentally believe that only you know what's best for you. And our job is to ensure that your thinking is expansive, it is open, it is curious, and based on that, you will look for answers. And how you'll get to those answers, that's where the coach comes in. And then uh, counseling. So counseling is about moving forward as well, but it's a lot to do with healing. So how, you know, it supports you in healing your past and overcoming, um, whether it's trauma, whether it's deep feelings, however you want to call it, that the, uh, the way um, counseling works is all about healing from the past so you can move forward. I think you just saying that there was nice, simply put and elaborate as well, all together in the same dialogue. I picked up a few keywords and all of them are very, very, very forward looking and very, very relevant today from your explanation. One of them being coaching is all about a forward-looking approach, which is precisely what we need in times like these, which are disruptive. Second, your point about it helps you bring about the change or be the change and change in itself is uh, by giving you the choice. And that in itself is empowering. We are talking forward-looking. We, we, are, we are talking about having a choice. We are, ha- we are talking about empowerment. And then we are talking about being equals. So all these are such buzzwords and the words of the, that, that really are the need for time. What do you feel or what do you think is the role for coaching in current disruptive times? I think that coaching plays such a fundamental role in supporting people's um, growth journey, whether it's personal, whether it's professional. I mean, my take is, you know, you're the same person everywhere. So disruption is change. Some people thrive in change and some people struggle in change. Even the people who thrive in change will never say it's easy. And that's where I suppose the growth mindset, the people who thrive in change, that's where a lot of growth mindset comes in. The people who who sort of struggle with change, perhaps there's an element of fixed mindset as well. In any case, whether it's fixed mindset or growth mindset, somebody who's struggling with change or somebody who's thriving in change, they they will find certain difficulties. And during that period of difficulty, the ability to see clearly and to challenge your own limiting beliefs or things that might hold you back to thrive in that change a coach can play a fundamental role. If you're able to adapt to change, you're able to thrive. It doesn't have to be easy. How does a coach come into the situation? Is that that one of the reasons people tend to struggle in change or during change is because they're unable to sort of go past certain barriers that are holding them back. And because they are not even aware that those blocks exist, they're unable to see past through. And therefore, the coping mechanisms come in, which may or may not benefit you. So in, in that period, if you, have a, uh, if you have a coach who can actually show you a mirror in the most supportive way and yet a challenging way that allows you to face, you know, what are the blocks? What are the beliefs that's holding you back? 
And how can you remove those so you can almost, you know, accelerate your pace, adapt to change, thrive and change and move forward? That's uh, wonderfully summed up in, in one line. Thank you for that, uh, the same. According to the International Coach Federation, they say that 99% of the people who get coaching really see the value in it and are satisfied by it. Most of them usually recommend it to others. Is there any experience share or business case that you'd like to share, which kind of supports the, the business case for coaching and the need for it? Anecdotes are always uh, good for getting a perspective. So anything that you would like to share in, in that area, please. It's an interesting stat that you uh, mentioned through ICF. So ICF, and just for the listeners, it's an international governing body. Um, it's a coaching federation. And I, I can tell you from, from my business perspective, that my business grows through referral. And people, as we know, they will only refer people, you know, what, whatever kind of service or product there is when they're satisfied with it. True. So I, yes, I absolutely believe that when people truly experience deep coaching, they, they transform at their core level. People cannot help but see those changes and that development in that person's life. Say, for example, in your life, if you have a friend or if you have a partner who has gone through coaching and has worked on one area of their life, you will notice those changes because there will be mindset that has developed over time. When a person experiences that level of growth, either they actively go and talk about it or when asked, they will share their story. So absolutely, I think that that level of satisfaction, exploration, and the transformation is uh, something that is, uh, is talked about, it's validated, and people actually build businesses based off that. Now, um, going to the business case, because I heavily focus on introverts and building their leadership abilities, I'll probably um, talk about this one client who, was, um, who experienced truly a transformational shift in how she developed her career. So as we know that just generally as women, women tend to face or experience imposter syndrome significantly higher than men do. And when she came to me, she basically came to me asking that I don't know what's next for me in my career. And she was fairly young, early 30s. And I thought, okay, right. I mean, you know, this is absolutely something we can work on. I, I think that everything in a person's life starts with self-leadership. So, you know, yes, uh, you can call me a leadership coach, but it's, it's actually much bigger than that because until you can lead yourself, you know, you're unable to lead others. And that's where the, the biggest transformation comes through. With her, one of her biggest blocks was the limiting belief that the place that she's working, she's going to find the same um, environment or the work that she does anywhere she goes. And therefore, she won't be able to progress at the pace that she wants to. Now, to an average person, it might seem like, well, yeah, that, that's not true. Everyone knows that. But when it's somebody's reality, it is their truth. It, it is what they live by. True. And then when you're an introvert, you find conversations difficult. Networking can be a big challenge. Creating your presence in the workplace can be a challenge. Of because of many different factors. And our workplaces really are not crafted in a way that supports introverts. It's all about the extroverted realities of, oh, network, get known, build your brand, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we're there yet in terms of focusing on introverts and how to support them so they can thrive as well. That's an area so, to uh, kind of get inclusiveness on board as well. 
you would say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? And that's, yes, that's, that's probably a whole other conversation that we can True. have. So I think that for her, because her reality was so constricted, she could not think beyond that. And it is only through, it, it, well, I wouldn't say only through coaching, but coaching was one of the big factors that allowed her to almost um, challenge her thinking and challenge the way she believed she was. For her, the fact that she's an introvert and that the fact that she won't thrive and that all environments are the same held her back in her progress, even though her work was um, acknowledged and recognized at, at you know, her, her actual work in her professional um, sense. She was a well-regarded employee and a peer, and yet she had these, these limiting beliefs about herself. Basically, through coaching, what we did was that we flipped her views of introversion as something that holds her back to how can she actually step into her authentic self, take on the, the strengths of what she brings to the table, and build on those so that she can thrive in her career. Wonderful. And you provided her the magic wand, didn't you? <laughs> well, I just supported her, right? She did the work. Yeah. As soon as she sort of embraced her authentic self, she learned how to work with the strengths and what she brought to the world. It shifted her perspective. And when it shifted her perspective, now she can make an educated sort of decision that the place that she is, is this what she really wants? The work that she's doing, is this really what she wants? And what are the next steps in her career? And with that, obviously, she found exponential clarity. She knew what to do next, you know, what kind of environment to look for, what kind of job. And everything sort of almost became easy once she um, sort of saw herself in a, in a more powerful light, I would say. And that's so amazing. As you say, I, I just, I'm just thinking this is not just you know restricted to this particular individual because at the end of the day it would have a ripple effect to people she's managing or as she grows in her career she would realize and be able to more easily cherry pick if there is another introvert in the team how to support and where to direct and how to direct and who to direct to it's a very thoughtful uh, anecdote uh, the same and the wonderful part about it is that coaching supports inclusion and the more inclusion we give the more ripple effect it will have in a positive way. Yeah, that's it's um, something that you've touched on is, is so, so important. So the, the basis of coaching is that we're all equals. When I meet my client, I see them as whole and resourceful. No one's more or less than each other. And when you meet your equal, there is no right and wrong. Because you're meeting somebody equally, you know, what um, race they come from, what is their ethnicity, what is their gender, you know, what kind of personality do they hold, what is a sexual orientation, none of that really matters. Because you see the person in front of you as an individual who has the ability to conquer the world. Wow. And you're very constructively kind of parking aside all the biases and just starting off with an, with an equal field. So that's wonderful. As simple as that sounds, this is very difficult. <laughs> and uh, this is why I would uh, love to hop on to the next uh, part of the dialogue, which is uh, coaching 101s. And I say difficult because by default, when, you know, when a friend comes to us or when a colleague comes to us, it's so natural for us to go like, ah, I know how to solve this. Why don't you do this? But it's never like that. It's you really never give the chance to other person to kind of, you know, reshuffle their thoughts, 
and help them or support them use their thoughts because obviously they know their world better than we know their world. So while I share that, I, I may want to kind of, you know, pivot towards what are different styles of coaching and how does one decide which style to go for? So a couple of questions that you've asked, right? Um, let me quickly comment on what you said about, um, you know, sharing your thoughts. <laughs> so it's funny that yes, me being a coach, if I'm not in the coaching sessions, I am also quite quick to tell my sisters that, oh, I know this is what you should do. So it, it can, um, it, it's, you know, they tell me it's quite amazing how you just go dictatorial and not be more, you know, coachy with us. Um, uh, but uh, that aside, I think that we are trained to ask people what to do. Mm. The society trains us, our education system teaches us that there's somebody else who knows best. Yeah. So one of the common occurrences uh, in, in my coaching relationships is my coaches or my clients will generally ask, what do you think? <laughs> and, and that must and, be so tempting. You're like, uh, I know. <laughs> and, um, or, you know, I mean, if there's something, um, if there's an annoying smile comes up and they're like, oh, I want to know what you're thinking. <laughs> and um, for those of you who are listening uh, who don't know, a coach never tells you what to do. They're yeah. here as your thinking partner. So that that takes me to your question about, you know, what are the fundamentals? Well, I, I'll cut you there the same. I've been on yeah. the naughty side as well. And once my, <laughs> my coach was smiling away and I was like, please do tell me what do you think? And because he was from my <laughs> industry, I was like, no, no, come on. I really want to know. And I almost convinced him perhaps it was my negotiation bar and he gave it away. And the next time he came, he was like, that session did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all humans, right? So yes, it yeah. will, I, I mean, there will come a point when somebody will, yes. Uh, and I was like, no, no, that went very well. I, I, I like what you said. And he's like, no, but that's not coaching. I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's very natural. Um, it's very natural. It is. It's It absolutely is. And it's um, natural from both sides. Like, I think even if you're a coachee or a coach, we as humans just want to, we just want to immediately hear what the other person thinks or what the other person would do. We don't want to. Yeah have that mental exercise. Yeah, it's agreed because some people can be very exhausted after the coaching is empowered, but exhausted because you've done the kind of deep, pure thinking that you generally don't do in your lives. Yeah. And it's so, the, so I, I guess that touches upon the fundamentals of coaching. So coaching is about deep presence. It's about being so present with the person that it's only both of you that exist in that conversation. Now, imagine how many conversations do you actually have in your life that tells you that right now I'm the most important person to this person. So it's the ability to be so present that everything else fades away. That's, that's the core of how you can support your client. Um, with that comes, obviously, if there's deep presence, comes deep listening. So there are no biases, as I talked about equality. There are no biases. There are no assumptions from the coach's perspective, right? And we come from a place of pure curiosity. So when you tell me something, I hear, I hear with the mindset, tell me more. Because what my experience says doesn't matter because it may not apply in your situation. So if you're struggling with something, help me understand so I can help you. So basically, it's about presence, it's about listening, and it's about coming from a place of deep curiosity so you can then support your client. And those are, in my, in my mind, those are the basis, the principles of coaching, and it's all about 
ensuring that your client is always moving forward, whether it's an inch or whether it's a mile, everyone has their own journey, but that's, that's the basis of it. So this is something very interesting that you, you touched upon and on about deep listening and active listening and making uh, the other person feel that he's the most important person and you're here to listen, you're curious. If we were to give our listeners a mini takeaway role-playing exercise, what would you, what would you suggest on that? What, how can they, they try coaching in their personal or professional area to understand and assess how it doesn't come naturally and how we actually need a special intervention here? Okay, so I think one of the things that you can very um, easily do, although it might not be as easy to actually um, stay in that moment, is you know reach out to your friend or your partner, uh, somebody that you're uh, relatively close to. When you're speaking to them, really be present. Don't give input, but keep asking them open questions and just be truly present and be curious. So perhaps take an ask from them and then take it like one particular point, yeah? And take it forward with, yeah. with active listening, yeah? Right. And it's just, it's all about listening to them and coming from a place of curiosity and tr- truly trying to understand what they're saying. Any and not opinion, telling. No, no <laughs> opinions. You do not share what, oh, but I think you should do this. Or here's what, you know, I know, I know this is right for you. Truly come from the place of the person knows how true it is. And try to hold that space for 15 minutes. And and, uh, to the listeners, let me know how it goes. I'm quite curious because (laughs) I can tell you that when at least you're training as a coach, it it can be very, very difficult. But obviously through practice and through training, you, so that's you come a, to your level where you don't have to. That's a takeaway for the listeners. Try to try taking a, a person in your network or somebody you're close to, take a problem from them, try coaching them. When you say coach, you try exploring their options and do not tell them, as this name says. So see if you can hold that thought for 15 minutes and help them come to an answer by by guiding them. And uh, we'd love to have feedback on that. And if you share it with us, we'll share it with the team as well and we'll come back with some feedback. So that leaves us with a with an interesting point. But now we jump on to the different styles of coaching. So sorry, I cut you there earlier. No worries, no worries at all. Uh, just to say that once you do that exercise, um, if you do it over and over again, you'll, you'll truly see a difference in how the depth and the strength of your relationship uh, actually improves over time. So I really wow. encourage people to do that. In terms of different coaching styles, so there's a performance coaching, people who specifically focus on improving specific performance. And I'm, by that, I mean physical performance. You talk about football coaches and cricket coaches and so on and so forth. And the other area is more the life coaching, where you focus on generally people's you know, opinions and views, and you try to change them and you try to support them. And then the third part is the transformational coaching. That's where that's that's how I've been trained, um, and that's an area that I focus on. That you go to the core of a person, and you understand their beliefs, their values, and the beliefs and the values which drive their motivation. And once you go that deep and you uncover how they think and how they behave based on these then you can support them. And that's, that's where the actual change comes from, which is actually the most difficult change to make in a person. Sweet. So say after 
all this, we've, we've made the business case. We've talked about a few coaching one-on-ones. We've left the listener with a mini exercise, which would be quite interesting. If somebody wants to find a coach for themselves, well, what is a good starting point? Where do they go? What platforms should they use? Tell us something about that, please. There are basically three key ways that you can uh, do this. One, you can go on, uh, through the ICF directory. The reason I say ICF directory is uh, because, A, you have to go through those international standards to get that stamp of approval. Coaching is an unregulated industry. So therefore, going through a world-renowned you know, uh, accreditation, I think that really helps. Another one is you can go on LinkedIn and you can literally type what type of coach you're looking for. And there'll be so many of them who will come up or you can do a Google search. But I would also encourage you to talk to your network to see if somebody's experienced coaching in the area that you're looking for, because people specialize just as I specialize in leadership and self-leadership. You know, there are specializations out there as well. So you might want to explore uh, in that area too. Thank you. I'd like to hear more about how, what role can coaching play for one for when we're looking for inclusive leadership. I would like to share something that this was something which I felt was very challenging when I was looking for a coach. It's so hard because you want it to be, you want the perspective to be very inclusive. So the first ask was in my head, this is me playing up. So should I go for a female coach or should I go for a male coach? Okay, then should I, should I go for, I'm in the banking sector. So should I go for somebody with experience in this sector or should I go for somebody, I don't know, who's a lawyer, who's somebody totally away from this world because at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, getting different perspectives, right? And then funnily enough, at the end, I went for a, for a typical retired banker male. I loved my coach. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. But then I questioned my, my thought process and I was like, why didn't I go for, for somebody else? And what made me stop going to somebody else? So I want to put it out there for those who are trying to find a coach. How do they make sure that they find the right one? So unconscious bias is real, as we all know. Whether we like it or not, it plays a role in our lives. And that's why it's called unconscious bias. We don't even know the biases exist. The beauty of coaching is that if you go through a coach who's been properly trained, because I can tell you that there, there are people out there who call themselves coaches, but may not be truly practicing the act of coaching. If, if you find somebody really good, you will know that because the biases don't exist in those conversations, you are being inclusive. But, you know, just just by by way of being present and seeing the person as your equal, you're being inclusive. I think that's one bit. How, how does somebody go? How, how does somebody decide on to look for a coach? I would say that build a relationship with the person. So uh, whether it's offline or online, I think that plays a huge factor. Get a sense of who this person is. You know, for example, if you connect with me on social media, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or however, or get on my mailing list, um, you'll get a sense of what do I talk about? What are my beliefs? And generally, people are very open and authentic in how they do it. And if you feel that, you know what, the, the tone of this person seems fine, it's, it's something that I can connect with, mm -hmm. then generally coaches will offer uh, what you call a discovery call or a clarity call where you basically jump on a call and you experience coaching, but it's with the intent of, is this the right? So just as you would assess if this is the right coach for me by experiencing uh, that person, the coach will also assess if this is the right client for me. 
And if you both feel that, yes, this is a good match, then generally the coach will, you know, offer the program and so on and so forth. But I would probably say experience them, understand uh, what they focus on, how they work on that, and then jump on a call and experience them live so you can truly understand if this is the person who's right for me. And, and follow your intuition. I think that, you know, sometimes we tend to a tendency to neglect it. I mean, I, I heavily rely on my intuition. And if it feels right, then it is right. That's a wonderful takeaway. And discovery calls is also a great idea. I think finding the right tone really helps and having like a, a demo session, like I, I don't know what the what the market convention is, but maybe a 15 minute or a 30 minute session just to get, get the hang of it, how it works, will be very handy. The same coaching also calls for a lot of confidentiality, right? And now this question is more for you in your personal kind of uh, way of approaching coaching. How does it work for a coach? How do, how do you make sure, because there's so much, so much you're taking in from so many people, how do you make sure that it stays balanced and, you know, for you personally, it doesn't create a lot of uh, baggage? Mm. I, I think I manage it in two ways. One, I think I, I approach coaching and all my clients with a very empowered mindset. So my focus is always to ensure that when I leave them, I leave them empowered. So some sessions can be generally very light and, you know, it, it, they'll, they'll flow very easily and the others will get very, very heavy. The goal, at least my goal always, is that when I'm leaving my client, they are empowered. Well, I didn't realize this until now, but I think that's what helps me too, because you leave somebody in such an empowered state that you get a high out. And the second bit is supervision. So supervision is basically a safe and a, and a confidential space where somebody's trained to be a coach supervisor. And you go in that space to confidentially of course, without sharing any personal information, um, what the problem is, uh, how can you sort of support um, your clients better, you bring the challenges. And one of them, one of the part about supervision where you receive support is how to manage your emotions with your clients as well. And how to sort of process what you hear. Because yes, sometimes if something triggers in you, if your client is, has, is experiencing something that you have in your life, it can trigger stuff. So you do need to manage to ensure that that space is not colluded. It's not muddied with your experiences or your views. And that's where supervision helps you as well. Wonderful. And that, that must be very challenging. As we go through this dialogue, I think one thing that we have kind of established, none of this is easy. None of this is natural. It's like a river flowing in the reverse direction, literally. Um, I wouldn't say it's not natural mm -hmm. because... As a trained coach, it becomes a part of who you are. Even the people who don't practice, I know I know a few people who've trained as a coach because they wanted to fundamentally change the way they approach life. Mm -hmm. So I would say that the reason I, I'm assuming over here um, is you're saying it's not natural is because that's not how we generally behave. Yeah, and that's because, why it is so powerful. That's yeah, what makes it because powerful. also I think that's how we... Again, something that you shared earlier, and then just touch basing on that, is that our education system or a traditional management system works on a, on a tell basis, not an ask and listen mm. basis, right? So that's when I say it's unnatural is as a, even if I take examples from personal life, right? So for example, when you're growing up, children's are, children are told what to do, then they are, but, but now perhaps when I, I learn more or read more about coaching, 
uh, it's very interesting that in your personal life as well, right? You, the the telling part can go more subliminal. It's more traditional when I say. I think traditional mm-hmm. is a better word than natural, rather. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, because I think that initially when I started, my older one was very curious. She's like, "So what is coaching, <laughs> right?" And I was ex- I was doing coaching with her without her realizing it. And then she just got really irritated. And she's like, I don't know why you're you're probing. And I was like, you just experienced it. It's so healthy. It, is it gets the person think thinking. Absolutely. I think that I've, I've, um, I have at the core of my relationships with my children, of course, I'm the mother. And, you know, I mean, there will be a lot of telling. Yeah. However, I think that uh, because of my training and the deep psychology behind coaching, it has enabled me to empower my kids. Uh, I can see that, that they're better thinkers because I'm not doing the thinking for them. Which is great. The, that that opens uh, another chapter altogether about parenting and coaching. <laughs> but taking it forward, what would you propose as a, as a decision map uh, for individuals and organizations to uh, what kind of, you know, process map should they use or thought process should they should they use to incorporating to sorry to incorporate coaching in their day to day management and in their personal thought processes? Be curious. I think that's where we should start from. As human beings, we tend to either jump to conclusions or make assumptions. As a manager, as a leader, as a parent, as a policymaker, always come from a place of curiosity. And once you're curious, you automatically become more open. And when you become more open, you become more inclusive. And once you're inclusive, the world is better. Yeah. So if you want to really transform what you do and change the relationships, whether they're professional or personal, I would say follow this process. Wonderful. That's uh, very nicely summed up. And as we come to the end of uh, this dialogue, what's your winning mantra? What's your What's your parting thought that you'd like to leave behind for individuals, for leaders, for for policymakers? I would leave the listeners with whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Wow, that's a very thoughtful parting thought, if I may say. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. And uh, I had a very nice, candid conversation, shared my personal experiences, learned so much about coaching and, and, and how to approach it. I would just like to say thank you so much the same for taking our time and uh, sharing these thoughts with us. More power to you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure and I thoroughly enjoyed going back to the basics and, you know, going, I mean, rehashing really because it's a good reminder for me as well of what coaching is and why did I go in, in this profession in the first place because it truly can transform lives. So thank you very much for this conversation. Absolute, absolute pleasure. It's all ours. time to design, create and build an inclusive club. If you enjoyed this dialogue, please share it as a care gift with your friends, family and wider network. Your feedback is what makes this dialogue inclusive really. So do subscribe and engage on the podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram handle. Until next time, ciao ciao. If you would like to accelerate your career, and are looking for support to reach your potential, reach out to me at info at ferventliving.com. 
The first coaching session is complimentary, a gift from me to you to experience this deep coaching. There is no obligation to take it further. However, if you would like more information and if we are a good fit, I will invite you to my program. In the meantime, I have a gift for anyone who struggles to be more visible in the workplace. This free resource has 10 ways that will enable you to be more visible in a way that feels right to you in an authentic way. You can access it from www.ferventliving.com forward slash F forward slash visibility. The link is in the show notes as well. I've received such positive feedback and it's a must have resource for anyone who wants to be more visible at work, but finds it really hard to do so. Finally, do connect with me on LinkedIn. I love hearing from new people and bringing them into my network. Simply type in Tasneem Ali. Cheers.